Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition. I am your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. I almost forgot to say something. <laughs> forgot my name. And uh, we're doing a mindset episode today because today is, uh, I mean, technically not a full week, but it's about a week away from New Year's. Next week at this time, it'll be 2022. There you go. Yeah. Because New Year's Eve is Friday, so... Saturday it is January first, which is fucking nuts, man. Yeah, this year went quick. Yeah, which is weird because based on the events of 2021, you would think it would have been a slow like get me out of this year. Yeah, year, but it went quick. Yeah, it did. I think, I think uh, 2020 was more of a get me out of here, and then 2021 was like holy shit, we got out. Now let's get you know. Or more like, oh, shit, we're already here. Yeah. We get it now. Yeah. 2020 was like a shock. Totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amen. And then 2021, yeah. I think everybody was more used to it. But still, I just think like when you think of how many restrictions were placed on what you could do in society, it's like, damn, you think that would just make time go slow as hell because you're just stuck. Yeah. But maybe the opposite happened. Maybe. I don't know. I just know it was, I catch myself saying like, I have no idea what happened in 2020 because it was just a... Like a, a blur, but yeah. because nothing happened. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I, I I definitely think like some of it is a, a blessing and a curse. All of it. Um, obviously, I think it's a negative thing. So I don't mean this in a way that it's good. And there's plenty of people who've been negatively impacted, as have I, from all this. But the main thing I think is like it definitely is building strength in a lot of people. You know, mm-hmm. because there's just so much that you have to deal with, and so many obstacles you have to work around. And like the the truth of the matter is, is a lot of this shit is either breaking or building relationships. Totally. That's for damn sure. I know me and Shannon became way closer throughout the last two years, just from all this. Even when I didn't realize we could, to be honest with you, just because there's certain points throughout the years that you kind of look at your partner and you go, you're all I got. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's like to a a point, like I have family, but I mean, man, it's me and you in this, you know, regardless of what happens, we're here together. So it's like definitely brought us closer. And I think there's probably a lot of people that can, agree with that and and just general for me uh presence too like being more present for sure you know um but we're gonna talk about setting goals mindset stuff like that today because um we had a couple questions come in and we're just gonna use those as two topics to get you on the right path mentally before the new year hits leading into the new year yeah because everybody is thinking about new year's resolutions um before we do i think it'll be cool for you know one i'm gonna like mention a study that I actually read this morning while I was writing a newsletter um, for the email campaigns, but also just to kind of like, I'll go over my approach to how I go into the new year kind of thing. And just like, I think there's, I think there's aspects of, of setting new year's resolutions that people forget about that are more important than the resolution itself. But the study actually showed that um, 32 days is how long people make it on their New Year's resolutions on average. On average. So by wow. February 1st or 2nd, people are usually calling it quits, which is crazy. Yeah. You Dude, know? Think about it. With a new habit, even four weeks, like somebody that doesn't have a habit, four weeks is a long-ass time. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the problem, and this is what I talked about in, my, in the newsletter I wrote, I think the problem is that people go into New Year thinking about setting habits as resolutions instead of setting goals as resolutions and then figuring out what habits they have to build in order to accomplish that mm-hmm. goal or resolution. Because the truth is if, if like, if I'm like, all right, my new resolution is to meditate more. Right. And that's a common thing. Things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Walk more, drink more water, whatever it is. And I'm doing it because Tony Robbins does it. He's successful. So I'm going to do it too. That is not a big enough meaning behind it. Right. 
you have to go deeper and go personal. Why, personal. Yeah. And, and, and why does Tony Robbins meditate? It has to like stem back to something. And so for me, I would ask the person, why do you want to meditate? Well, because this person does it. Okay, well then scratch that. Like, what do you want? If you want less anxiety, then meditation is a habit, one habit of many that you should try to get consistent with to accomplish having less anxiety. You need to figure out how to track your anxiety level and your goal should be to lower it to this point by this time. That's a tangible goal. Losing 60 pounds this year is a tangible goal, but you know, walking more is a habit that you're going to have to do to get there. Yeah. If you skip walking one day, you'll be fine. You can still work towards that goal. You know what I mean? But I think that's a big thing is people set habits instead of outcomes and habits aren't really tangible. Mm. They're just things you kind of work on. What would you say to somebody that like wants to do something like that, but has no why? Like, I mean, I, I yeah. think that I'm keep thinking, I'm thinking about it. Like there has to be a why. Like, there's no reason you would want to if there was no why. Like you said, because Tony Robbins does it. Okay, that's not good enough. But what if they're just like, I, I do want to walk more. I do mm-hmm. want to drink more water, but that's why. Yeah. I think that I, it, I, it, it, it's a it's a deep, like, discovery path, I guess totally. you call it, right? You really got to dig and start asking the right question. This is where, like, when we talk about setting goals as trainers, they used to always call it peeling the onion. And it's like, what do you want? I want to meditate more. Okay, why do you want to meditate yeah. more? Well, I think successful people do it. Why do you think successful people do it? Because it makes them more calm. Why do you want to be more calm? And you just keep going and going and going and going and going. Just why, why, why? And eventually you get to the point where you're like, I literally cry at night because I can't fucking stop having anxiety about this, this, this. And you're just like, okay. Yeah. We want to have control over those things that are creating anxiety. We don't want to meditate. Meditate might be a good path and help, but the goal is to get rid of those things. Meditation is not going to just get rid of those things for you. So I think it's, I think it's just asking more questions and asking why. And sometimes for people listening, like you have to do it to yourself. Why do you want it? Why, 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 why? You know, because even the weight loss thing, why do you want to lose weight? If it's because somebody else tells you you should, somebody else calls you fat, some, some doctor makes you feel like shit, that's not a good enough reason. Embarrassment is a powerful driver. And if you feel shameful, guilty, embarrassed, um, whatever it may be, hurt, it is a driver, but you have to have a deep-rooted cause of pleasure. And so we all have this, and I've talked about this so many times, I think it's the best way to look at all these things. We all have these levels of pain and pleasure, right? So for the person who wants to start these habits, say it is meditation since we're using that, that topic or that habit, why, like meditation is, is a vehicle to get you to some kind of pleasure. So maybe that pleasure is peace, tranquility, calmness, collectiveness, the ability to respond versus react, right? Like be able to process things better. Um, the, the pain is being scatterbrained, having stress, having anxiety, not having control of your schedule, whatever it may be. And it's the same thing with like, we've had these conversations about like way back about meditation, journaling, reading all those things that I do. And you didn't have a, a why for it because there are habits that you're not interested in. Mm-hmm. But once you create a why that is powerful that you actually want, it brings you to a place of pleasure that you want to achieve, all those things become just non-negotiables. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, like these are just habits to get to that thing. You know, if you skip reading one day, you skip fucking reading one day, but you're working towards this goal, right? And a lot of people, if they set reading as the habit, the day they fall off is the day they give up. Totally. Because by February 1st, at some point in time, you're not going to have a perfect day, a perfect routine. You're going to fall off a little bit. But that doesn't mean you're, you're done. But a lot of people will say, well, I fucked up. I was going to get 365 days of meditation and I skipped one. So I lost. So screw it. I'm not going to do it at all anymore. Right. That's like eating the whole bag of Oreos instead of one because you go over your calories a little yeah. bit. So 
again, it just kind of comes back to the the pain and pleasure thing. And you got to figure out like where your pain is right now and then what the pleasure could be. And the pleasure at the top has to be more powerful than the pain of where you're at right now in the pit that you're in right now. Because essentially to get from the, the pit of pain to the, the place of pleasure, I love how it's all these P's. It's actually a perfect thing. Um, To get there, you're going to have to make sacrifices, right? There's going to be work that you need to do. So basically, if I'm in this place, let's say I'm overweight, and that's that's the big thing. Okay, why do you have pain for being overweight? Well, my joints hurt. I sweat constantly, and it's embarrassing to be pitting out. And I can't crawl or roll around on the floor with my kids because I just don't have the mobility. And honestly, I just don't even want to get naked in front of my wife. It's like, okay. That's a painful thing. I want you to like really sit on that and become aware of it. You don't like where you're at for these reasons. Now, where could you be? Well, I could be rolling around playing and outrunning my kids. I could be never pitting out and getting embarrassed because I'm not sweating all the time. And I could be excited to get fucking butt ass naked around the house because I want my wife to see. And then be like, okay, sit with that. Think about that pleasure and like what that would feel like if you actually got to be in that place, right? And then we go, okay. What is the pleasure associated with pain? What is the pain associated with pleasure? The pleasure associated with your pain of staying where you're at right now is basically just being lazy, not needing to work, not needing to prep, not even investing any money and time. I mean, all the, the things of comfort, right, and complacency. The, the pain to get to the pleasure you want, I mean, fuck, you got to invest in a trainer or a coach. You got to get on a meal plan. You got to prep. You got to walk more. You got to hit the gym. You, I mean, you got a lot of shit to do. You got to commit, right? There's a lot of sacrifice or work, but- the pain of that work has to be less than the pleasure that you see at the top. It's just a lot of people don't really, really think about that, that place of pleasure at their end goal. They're like, yeah, I want to lose 20 pounds. And I'm like, okay, like why, 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 why dig deeper? What is that going to feel like? Cause the only way you're going to get there and stick with it for beyond February, if you were talking to use resolutions is if that feeling of where you could be at is so real in your mind and so fucking awesome that you'll do anything to get there. Yeah. And then all that work just be like, this is nothing. Yeah. You know? It's just another day. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the biggest key. Um, and I think that, uh, I mean, did you have anything to add to that? You pull out your journal, so I didn't know if you're. No, I just kind of like you were talking about pain and pleasure. I was just, one thing I read this morning, uh, it's, it's like saying it, it, and they're talking about business, but like sustain, sustainable success is not built overnight. So like the, not in just January, mm-hmm. you know, and then that's, that's hard for some people because, you know, it's a new, it's a year goal, yeah. not a month goal. Yeah. hundred percent. And yeah. one of the questions kind of pertains to this and I'm going to, I'll break it down in there, but I think the key with that is to reverse engineer it into quarters and months, kind of like I do with 90 outcomes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because I know where I want to be in December, 2022. Fuck, that's a long ways away, man. That's yeah. a year. Yep. Like, and Only I've made one the way mis- you're going to get there though. hundred percent. But start now I've made the mistake. Absolutely. But I've made the mistake of like focusing so hard on that and just not having the patience to get there. And the work that you're doing to get there feels just obsolete because it's like you take so many small little steps to get there. Astronomically slow. Exactly. (laughs) But if I take that year long goal and then I break it into, okay, where would I need to be by quarter three? Where do I need to be quarter two? Where do I need to be by quarter one? If I got to be here by March, end of March, beginning of April for quarter one, where do I need to like be in four weeks? Yeah. What do I need to do this fucking week? What can I start doing today, right? So you take that year and you bring it all the way down to a day and then it becomes way easier because now you feel like you're moving fast. Yeah. And more often than not, when you reverse engineer that, you go, holy shit, my, my year-long goal is actually really small. 
because I see that I can actually take all these steps and I'll get way further ahead. So maybe I up the ante a little bit, yeah. you know, and maybe you do that right away or maybe you get to quarter one, you crush things. You're like, fuck, I'm going to go harder. I'm totally. going to step it up. But you, you got to break it up that way. Otherwise yeah. you won't. Um, was that from the Ed Milet book? Yeah. But I, I, I was going to say another thing. It's like, I've had that same mentality with this knee surgery recovery. Just mm-hmm. like, I just have gotten so pissed off. But then like, I look at two weeks ago, I couldn't even get in the other shower. Yeah. Like, and now I'm just like I'm mad about my my full range of motion, but I have some re- range of motion more than two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like every week I get a little step. But what like and yeah, doctors saying I'm behind schedule, but like I've already written off like snowboarding this year. But I know that if I keep going, I will be able to do it next year. Yeah. You know, and if I don't, I won't. Yeah, you know, it's just like that slow manner, but it comes in every aspect. I think when you're in some kind of pain, and pain's a broad term, not yes. necessarily like physical pain, but just you're not in the place you want to be. Pleasure, yeah. Time goes slower. Yeah. Way slower. Totally. You know what I mean? So, which is just an encouragement to be like, hey, like you said before, take action and start doing stuff now because the only way for you to feel like you're actually moving fast is to be improving and taking action doing things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and from an outside perspective, it's the complete opposite. Yeah. Because from my perspective, like I noticed it right away this week, I was just like, oh shit, he's fucking hopping around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't, walk on that knee day to day. So it's way faster. But um, Ed Milet said something in a podcast kind of similar where, you know, as an entrepreneur and as somebody who has big aspirations for more than just one, like eventually I want to be able to build multiple things and I like the process of creation. It's hard because that's a game of patience. To build a very massive company takes years. Yeah. So this is me saying my fucking 30-year goal, you know what I mean, realistically, because it'll take 10 years to build this to where I want it to be because I want this to be bigger and better than any other fucking company in the industry. But the next one will take 10 years too, you know what I mean? And But he said something about, he said two things. One, he was talking about your age as a business owner, and that made me realize, like, damn, I'm a baby. And it kind of gave me that, like, kind of slap in the face of, like, check yourself. You know what I mean? Like, you got time. The other thing he said was that nobody becomes a multimillionaire by doing multiple things. And I, and I kind of stopped at that. And, and this is a good, this can be applied to anything. But he said, the reason I'm a multimillionaire now is because I became a millionaire from being the best at one fucking thing. Yeah. And then after I became the best at that, I diversified my assets to become a multiple multimillionaire in other areas even faster because I had the capital to invest in people that were better than me. And it's like, if you take that mentality to any goal you set, it's the same exact fucking thing. You can't go into New Year's resolutions and set so many that you're just going to shoot yourself in the foot. Become amazing at one thing. Focus on one specific goal. If you have multiple habits into that, of course. But if you focus on too many things at once, it's going to be overwhelming. You're going to give up. Yeah. It's just not worth it. Hey guys, I want to take a quick second to shout out the sponsor of this podcast, which is myself. It's my own app, The Tailored Trainer, which is the simple solution to actually looking like you lift. My goal with The Tailored Trainer was to do just that. I had countless amount of people coming into our coaching to get nutrition guidance from us, and they needed training help as well. And I was tired of hearing people tell me, I don't look like I lift. I'm in the gym hours every week. I'm training hard. I'm pushing myself. I'm sweating my ass off, but I don't look like I work out. What is the deal? And the deal is simple. There isn't a periodized plan backing up the effort they're putting in the gym. They don't have progressive overload methods and metrics and measurements inside their programming that are going to guide them to the result they're after, which is why I 
wanted to create an app that did that for you. Not only does it have actually systemized programs that are effective for your goal, for your schedule, for your body type, and for your experience, because there are tons of programs in there. That's why it's called the tailored trainer, because you can literally tailor your training to your lifestyle and your schedule and your experience level but it's also going to have the software and the metrics inside to make sure that it's progressive and periodized without you even realizing it. You don't have to do anything and it is programmed properly to get you to progress, which is why I always tell people, stop aimlessly working out using influencers, Instagram posts and YouTube videos as your plan. Start actually tailoring the training process to you. And you can do that by downloading this app. It's less than $1 a day. And you can head over to tailoredtrainer.net to read more about it, see screenshots of the app live itself, see reviews from some of the people using it, and see a personal letter from myself as to why I created this app in the first place. So once again, head over to tailoredtrainer.net. Now, let's get back into the podcast. All right, let's move on. We got a couple mindset questions that we received this week that we wanted to dive in for this episode. So the first one is starting at self-doubt. Given all the success you have had in your life, do you still struggle with this at all? How do you combat it? And yeah, how do you combat it? Just as personal speaking, this is something I, that I struggle with. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I definitely still struggle with it. I think. I mean, the the easiest way to frame this is is the very commonly known statement: "New levels, new devils." Mm. You know what I mean? Like you're always as you level up. Everything just expands, you know? So like your stress gets bigger, your anxiety gets bigger, your doubt gets bigger, your scarcity gets bigger, your responsibilities get bigger, everything gets bigger, right? But your ability to handle it expands as well. Yeah. So I don't want to say that in a sense of like, you shouldn't be growing because it's just going to get worse because your ability to handle it gets worse. So the, the level of it you feel on yourself doesn't really change. If anything, it gets better because if your ability to handle it grows faster than your ability, uh, your growth of anxiety, then that's a win. You know, yep. I think that's typically the case, but I think it's a, a mistake to say it ever goes away completely, you know? And, and I think that was something I originally thought was like, man, once I get my ducks in a row, like, I'm not going to be stressed about this. I'm not gonna be this, you know? And then it was like, oh, this never stops. Like once I make enough money, I'll never have financial stress anymore. No, like what is enough money is just a, a scale that keeps growing. And then you realize you just have more responsibilities and more taxes and more fees and more everything, which is a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Like my grandpa used to always say, uh, like as much as you hate it is something along the lines of as much as you hate it, the more you pay in taxes, the better you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, it's very fucking true. Mm -hmm. So in any endeavor, and this isn't just business obviously, but that's the easiest to apply this to is like that anxiety kind of settles in as you grow. Originally I had stress and overwhelm and anxiety and doubt, especially doubt with fat loss when I first tried, start trying that. And a lot of people will, because the biggest question is like, why me? Right. I was like, I've been chubby my whole life. My genetics are shitty. I've, I've just started lifting. Like, I don't know anything. I've tried X amount of diets. I'm hopeless. Right. My genetics suck. None of that is the case. It's just that you haven't done the right thing for the right amount of time. And it's hard to do the right thing for the right amount of time because that requires you taking action, stepping out of your comfort zone very consistently, which is not an easy thing to do. So, it happens in fat loss. It happens in business because every single day you have to make sure you're improving, which is something to think about too with like, I mean, it mainly applies to entrepreneurs and, and Andreas is the one that kind of explained this to me and Shannon because Shannon was trying to wrap her head around why 
uh, I'm never satisfied, essentially, with growth, right? And it's not that I'm not fulfilled. We've talked about this before. But it's because, and he, this is the way he framed it. He was like, if you own a business, if you're not growing, then you're not even maintaining because to maintain, you have to grow because on average, I believe it's 13%. The market grows 13% across the board, but each industry is a little bit different, right? So let's say the fitness industry is bigger. Well, let's just say it's 13 across the board because I know that is a, that is a fact. If, if I don't grow by 13% this year, I didn't even maintain, right? Touché. And that's over 10%, which is a good amount. Which means that really, if I'm doing good, I'm growing by 25 to 50%. And if I'm crushing it, 100%, which usually happens in the beginning of business. You know, yeah. the first couple of years, we grew over 100% every year. Yeah. As you get bigger and bigger and bigger, that becomes harder because scaling, you know, the size of your company becomes more to do. Yep. Um, however, the point is, is like, man, you can't even maintain if you're not growing, technically, right? If you really think about this kind of stuff. And I would even say that applies to fat loss too. You can't maintain fat loss if you're not growing mentally from an adherence perspective, from a flexibility perspective, like understanding how to do this shit better. You know what I mean? You have to be more into it because otherwise you're going to gain the way back. Yeah. You have to grow in some way, shape or form. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm assuming it gets to a point where you're already lean. You're already at your goals. You got to be mentally tough to get to that little next notch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, And I think, you know, in general, like if we're talking about self doubt, a lot of it, I mean, there's, there's things you can do journaling, reading books, um, meditating and and repeating affirmations yourself. Like I do all that kind of shit. Um, I did this and there's things on spot. I did a guided meditation on Spotify today just because I found it and I was like, oh, this would be dope. And it was five minutes and it literally makes you repeat statements of like, you love yourself, you're loved by others, you are successful, you have great energy today, today's gonna be an amazing day. Like just repeating shit. And you can't leave that five minutes not feeling like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna crush today. You know what I mean? So doing stuff like that very regularly obviously helps because self-doubt is a story that you're playing in your head. Right? It's, a, it's something that you've literally pre-written in your head that says you will not win, you will not succeed, you are going to fail, and it's a story that you're telling yourself. And the more you repeat that and tell yourself, the more you're going to believe that story and the less action you're going to take. So the only way to stop that is to do things like this first thing in the morning. Read, meditate, journal to get that story out of your head and rewrite the story with something like, I'm a winner, I'm going to crush it. These are all the reasons why I love life, why I'm grateful, why I'm a hustler, why I can win, like what is in my favor. List those things out because they're affirmations that will stick and will rewrite that story. So that's going to change your perspective and your attitude. Another thing I do is I often try to study other individuals. I've listened to more than I've read just because I prefer to listen to these kind of books, but uh, biographies about people um, or bibliographies, I can't remember which one is which, but nonetheless, about people, you know, like their story in life. And biography. Um, but isn't, is biography when you write it by yourself and bibliography is when somebody writes it about you? I don't think so. Or I, is that an autobiography? There you go. Okay. A bibliography is your references at the end of a story. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, I mean, people might hate, I believe that it's what you... I did horrible in school, so yeah. I wouldn't doubt you did, it. You're great at English. That English class is like... You do your bibliography yeah. is all your references at the end of the yeah. your paper. I did good in that class. I just yeah. don't I don't remember that. Anyway. Um but I've biography. listened yeah, I've listened to a lot of those to hear their journey and listen to podcasts and read stories and stuff like that because I'm like, I wanna know where you started, where you came from. Like and I do this with a lot of people. Um I was digging into not long ago Randall Pitch from LiveFit. Like mm-hmm. I was like, What where did he come from? Where's mm-hmm. his story? What I mean, he grew up in the hood in Long Beach, California. His mom was from Guam and his grandma was in like there was a um 
what it, it was like a, a genocide and it was like kind of similar like the holocaust there actually more people died like it was fucked up and I'm, i don't remember learning about this in history class ever in his story he was talking about how they don't really teach about it but it was like this crazy fucking thing and he has the n- most insane stories about his grandparents going through that and then his mom escaping and getting here or his grandma escaping and getting here or something and then he comes about right and now he's extremely successful you know what I mean? With multiple brands and multiple businesses in multiple industries, right? So like hearing his story has come up, I, I look at it and I'm like, there's a lot of pieces of that story that would have put him in a position of more doubt and more likelihood of failure than me. So why the fuck am I doubting myself? You know what I mean? Look at The Rock, right? The Rock had a WWE dad, so he did have a an in but, like, to the level that he's taken everything, I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, I don't know anybody who's taken it to that level, you know? Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, same thing. You know, like, traveling overseas, becoming the best bodybuilder, then becoming an actor when nobody said he could because of his speech. His, his biography is nuts. And then he got into real estate, and he owned all these apartment complexes across Hollywood, which is just bank, right? Back in the day, Hollywood was really nice. And then gets into the candidate election with George Bush Sr., and then becomes fucking the governor. You know what I mean? Like, of it's California. Just, Arnold Classic, which is one of the biggest competitions of fitness, like just insane. Yeah. Right. He does charity events that raise over five million dollars every year and they auction off shit. Like it's just the amount of stuff that he's done is just nuts. But I often try to reflect on these stories because it allows me to paint my own story and, and pump myself up of like, man, if like if he did it, why not me? Yep. Kevin Hart, same thing. Kevin Hart's story is nuts. And the, the and it's not even like even for some of the people that even if they had like a, they knew somebody who knew somebody that got in on a good foot. Some of these people took it so much further than anybody else that you can't even use that as an excuse anymore. Because if Kevin Hart can take being a stand-up comedian to the level he's taken it, come on, I can build the biggest fitness business on yeah. the planet. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think that like that's always helped me a ton. Just watching people's stories and trying to rewrite mine and just saying, why not? Yeah. Right? And list those things out. Like why not versus why, right? And And you will often see that, there's way more reasons why you should just go for it than why you shouldn't, yeah. right? Even just list the first one, regret, because you're going to regret not trying. But, um, yeah, I think doubts, doubts, I mean, for lack of better terms, doubt is a bitch, and it'll, it'll fuck you up. But, you got, I mean, you have to rewrite the story. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. All right. Um, we got one more here we want to go over. It says, as we go into the new year and everyone is setting goals, how do you determine impossible goals? I'm finding it hard to balance these with being realistic and creating a belief behind them while knowing I really want to push myself and challenge myself. Yeah. So um, I've used the term impossible game and impossible goals many times. So I think that's what she's referring to. Um, and that and that kind of to me, like it plays off the whole idea of the tailored life. Right. And, and it I don't mean quite literally impossible. I mean, impossible from the like when I when I think of like I have like two people on my shoulder I got the like angel and devil but for me it's like I got the the hustler successful person then like just the the wimpy dude that tries to like shut me down yeah like it's impossible to him yeah you know and it's very possible to the other guy so if you still have that pre-written doubtful scarcity minded story in your head then yeah it seems impossible so the impossible goal is just a cool term to show you that you can really do anything right but essentially what we're talking about is just setting goals that are fucking massive so what I typically do is I start by setting, I set goals in, in four areas of my life and I do this at the beginning of every year and I do it in two different ways. Um, 
you know, I've, I've worked with like people in Wake Up Warrior for a long time too. And it's like body being balanced business. I've talked about it with people and in, in Andrea and stuff like that and called it faith, family, fitness, finance, but it's always like your spirituality or p- personal well-being, personal development, emotional intelligence. And then it's your fitness and health, your business, and then your relationships, right? Um, if you're married, your marriage, if you have kids, your kids as well. Uh, but the point is, is I always kind of look at these areas and before I set new targets, I always reflect on the year before. And I think that's something that I was going to mention at the beginning that people make a mistake with is that they go into the new year, like, here's what I'm going to set, but they don't even pre-frame that discussion with themselves with a discussion of what they did and didn't do this year. Right. And I think mainly they didn't do, you should definitely pat yourself on the back for everything you accomplished. Because I think if you have gratitude for what you've done, it actually helps fuel that, that self-belief and eliminates that self-doubt. And I think that's probably a good tip for most people too. I've, I've posted, uh, if you don't stop and smell the roses, you'll stop having roses to smell. And all that means is that if you don't stop to appreciate and be grateful for what you have and what you've done, then you will not keep accomplishing new things to be appreciative of or grateful for. And gratitude is fuel. Gratitude gives you purpose to keep doing more because if I win and I get rewarded for it and I can be grateful for what this is and really appreciate what I have in front of me because of my hard work, man, I'm going to keep working hard because I am appreciating and taking yeah. the time to consciously yeah. do it, you know? So doing that for the, the, for in this case, 2021, but then also literally going back and going, what didn't I do? And this one was hard. I actually already did this for myself and I haven't written out my, uh, my impossible games we, I have a workbook through wake up warriors called the fact map. And you actually break down, like basically what are the facts about your current self and what are your future plans for your future self, right? What's an impossible game. And, uh, I haven't done the future self part yet, uh, I'll be doing it next week, but the the beginning of it being what are the facts about your current self and this past year, man, some of it is kind of a slap in the face because you 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 think about things that you said you were going to do, intentions that you set, goals you set, and you just never did it. Mm. You never took action on them. And then you have to go, okay, well, I'm going to openly, honestly admit to myself, I didn't do this thing like I said I was going to do. And then you have to go, why didn't I fucking do it? Mm. And it's either going to be there was a roadblock and I got to learn how to navigate that. Cause guess what? I'm going to hit that roadblock again this year. Or I just need to, I mean, for lack of better terms, man, the fuck up. I need, you know what I mean? Like it, in my case, that's what I tell myself. But in general, it's just like, I, I just, I don't have a reason. It's just excuses why I didn't do it. So now I see that I can tell myself like, dude, like, what are you doing? Let's get, get it together and go for it. But you got to review the, the prior year before you jump into the new year. I think more than anything. Um, and then I set again, goals and intentions for all these areas. And I think it depends on what area you're focusing on that you're going to set these goals with. Because for example, um, in the family or balance category, like I would be setting targets for Blakely and Shannon, my wife and daughter. But I mean, realistically, what, what kind of goal am I going to set? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I really have no idea. There's not really a goal I can set. I can set a goal of being a better husband in this way. I can set a goal of being a better dad in this way. I can spend, set a goal of spending more time with Blakely, things like that. But it's not really a tangible thing I can track on a meter, right? So to me, it's intentions for those things. What about like saving a certain amount of money this year or this month for her college? See, and I relate that to business because when I do it, it's faith, family, fitness, finance. So I like when I do the money talk, it's like, okay, what am I saving? But, but you're doing it for her. Or for 100%. She, yeah. 100%. But even... The way I set them up, and you could definitely do that, the way we, we typically do them is when we set financial or business goals, there's a reward at the end of it. So if you hit it, you do what with it? So in most of the time, for me, it's usually like been something for them, like yeah. a trip for them, or like you said, saving for Blakely, save this much for her. Um, 
But I like to do intentions for that. I also like to do ten- intentions for the being or faith one because whether you're meditating or doing prayer or you're journaling or anything, it's, it's habits, right? You're being intentional about being different in some way, being better in some way, being a better human by doing blank more often. And that's more of like a conscious intention that you're trying to set forward. So, you know, I mean, you could set a goal of 300 hours of, or 300 minutes of meditation, you know, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. which is like, okay, I meditate 10 minutes a day for three times a week. It ends up being about 300 something, you know what I mean? But I think that's just getting kind of ridiculous. So I like to set intentions for those two. And then I set specific goals for my fitness and for my business. Cause we can break that down into numbers. I don't take the fitness one as serious anymore just because of where I am with my, my fitness journey. I just like, I don't get off on being like, I'm going to deadlift 600 pounds this year. Like, I mean, I would have to work hard to get that and that'd be really cool to fucking do, but I also like wouldn't get that much out of it. You know what I mean? So, um, for most people though, your fitness goal would be 20 pounds, 40 pounds, whatever it may be. And then again, we're just reverse engineering that process. Losing. Yeah. For some people, you might want to put on 10 pounds of muscle. Who knows what it is, but you reverse engineer that. What is the end goal? Where do you need to be in Q1, 2, 3, and then eventually 4, which is the ultimate goal? Because it's pretty simple. If I want to lose, I mean, for easy math, 100 pounds this year, then I have to lose 25 pounds per quarter. If I have to lose 25 pounds per quarter, I have to lose, what is that, uh, 6.5 pounds per week. I would probably round up to 7. That way, you're always a little bit ahead, right? If you're losing 7 pounds per, per week, that's a fuck ton of weight. But if you're obese, you could do that. Now you have to realize that by Q3, your metabolism is slowed down and you're 50 plus pounds lighter. You're not going to be losing that much weight per, per week. So now you might be setting a goal that is not only impossible, but it's actually literally unattainable in some cases. Yeah, yeah. You know, And some people can lose 100 pounds in a year. I've seen it. But in some cases, that might be impossible. And if it is, you're setting yourself up for failure and more self-doubt because you're setting a goal that you're not going to hit. And when you don't hit it, even if you grew a ton in the process, you're not going to appreciate that because you failed. So you got to learn how to set those targets specifically, but reverse engineering it into quarterly goals, weekly, like benchmarks or targets, and then daily actions and habits, I think is the best way to go about any of these. And then, um, when setting, like, how do we know if it's like a big enough goal? I personally believe if you don't, if you don't like get nervous about it a little bit, I don't think it's big enough. You know, I think if you set a goal and you're like, yeah, I could crush that, then it's too easy Mm. because you're not going to have to get uncomfortable to get there. And if, if the only way to grow as a human being and be successful is if you get uncomfortable in the process. So typically what I do is like, I will set a goal. Like my first goal is usually what I consciously just throw out there. And it's usually something I'm very confident about. And then I either myself or I have a mentor, like just nudge it up a little bit, you know, like, okay, you want to lose this much. Okay. Let's bump it up a notch. Right. Unless you're starting on the other end, like I just talked about, or Mm -hmm. you want to make this much. Okay. Let's bump it up a little bit. You want to save this much. Let's bump it up a little bit, you know, get uncomfortable with it. So it's not easy. You got to work for this. And I think that's, that's the best way I can describe it. It's impossible because it's not the first thing that comes to your mind, but it's definitely possible for you to achieve. Like, that's how you got to feel. You got to be like, I'm kind of nervous about doing this, but I know if I work hard and I stick to it, like I can accomplish that. And nothing is more rewarding than the goals that you have a little bit of doubt about. Yeah. And you accomplish them. Yeah. And you, you get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's how I would break it down for, for the impossible goals. Yeah, man. Seven days until the new year. I think uh, that's some good stuff there. Yeah. Even less five days. Touche. I think. Monday to... Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Five fucking days. Yeah. Guys, this is Monday, so you should be reviewing 2021 as we speak. You should take this year to, to or this week to consider what I just said and really review your week. Look at what you did. Appreciate it. Look at what you didn't do. Acknowledge it. 
set some new intentions for the year, set some new targets for the year, bump those up just a little bit so you get uncomfortable and reverse engineer and really map those out. If you do not have a plan that gets you past the first one or two months, you're fucked. On average, it takes 66 days to form a solid habit that sticks the rest of your life. Something like brushing your teeth. Like you never are ever going to truly forget to brush your teeth. You might forget one night if you get too drunk or something, but you'll remember the next day you're sober. You know, like you won't completely forget because you built that habit. Why? Because you did it for over 66 days. You did it for many days as a kid because your parents forced you to do it. So sometimes you have to force yourself to do something for 66 plus days consistently in order to form a habit. And that's going to take you right past that 30 to 32 day mark where most people fall off their news resolutions. But if you don't have a plan to do that, if you don't have accountability to do that, if you don't have a a way to see the long-term goal and then break it up into mini goals within that plan, I I don't, and and I would say a a purpose behind what you're doing. Don't just throw goals out there, have a reason why. You're not going to get very far this year. Yeah. So I know we have, so yeah, set those goals. hundred percent. Um, guys set your goals. Happy new year. Uh, you'll probably hear my voice before then. Cause we got a couple more podcasts dropping. Hope you, you had a great holiday. Yeah. I hope you had a great Christmas. If you celebrate, hope you have a great new year's Eve. Uh, they worked out pretty fucking, pre- yeah, <laughs> pretty perfectly. I don't believe in the calendar. <laughs> um, we, uh, we had a pretty perfect Friday, Christmas yeah. Eve, Saturday, Christmas, and then yep. Friday, new year's Eve. Yep. It is never like that. That's dope. I mean, it maybe it is every 10 years or so, but, yeah. um, Super dope. So pretty accurate. Um, well, Halloween was Sunday. That one was shitty. Yeah. So for Halloween parties. But all right, guys, leave us a five star rating review if you love it. If you have other topics you want us to cover, drop us a note in the Ask Boom Boom form, and we will catch you next time.